Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back. Welcome back to another Porsche Cool Podcast. Uh, if you've been here before, welcome back. If you haven't been here before, this is Tuesday's episode, and Tuesday's episode is uh, what I call Porsche Cool, or what we call, Steve and I, Porsche Cool Owners Stories. Uh, Porsche Cool Owners Stories is connecting with other owners around the world, just normal guys like all of us uh, who love Porsche, who want one Porsche, who may have a Porsche, who may have bought their first Porsche, who may have their sixth Porsche. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Matter. It's just about it's just about connecting with uh, you guys and chatting about um, your car, how you came about it, what you love about it, uh, and all those things. So if you'd like to be on the um, owner stories, uh, just send me a DM. You can send me a DM through Porsche Cooled on Instagram if you haven't been there already. Uh, give us a follow as well, uh, or you can send me a DM just to my uh, other Instagram, which is Michael uh, Michael Bath. Um, so you can just contact me that way if you want to be on Owner Story. So just let me know where you're from and let me know um, what car you're driving. And just say hello. Um, so today I have uh, another guest, another owner from uh, Australia. This is uh, David's going to join us very shortly on Zoom. Uh, David's from Melbourne. And he's, uh, I think it's his first 911. I'm pretty sure it is. He's bought his first 911, and I think it was just only recently. Uh, he's pretty excited about owning uh, owning a 911, so um, it's going to be fun talking to um, David from Melbourne. Um, what else? What else? I think, you know what? Let me just get, uh, like I said, these these episodes are always done by Zoom. Uh, the sound quality is, com- is not bad. Um, I always say this as a caveat. It's not bad. Um, and... Sometimes there's some dropouts, but just so you know, it is by Zoom, um, and I'm going to connect now. I'm going to get David from Melbourne in Australia and chat about him about his first uh, Porsche, his first 911. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Owner Stories. Like I said, this is number 13, uh, and today we have uh, we have another, uh, as I said, another Porsche owner, another first uh, Porsche owner, and we have David uh, coming in from Zoom and from uh, Melbourne. How are you, David? I'm good, mate. Yourself? Very well. Very well. Thanks for um, taking the time out today to be on the podcast. It's great to uh, great to have you on. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, I've always wanted to be on this and I've got to say your podcasts are fantastic and it's a privilege to be on, uh, on, on the podcast. Great. Thanks, David. It's good to know that, that people are actually enjoying it. Like I've said before, sometimes it's a little bit difficult because you don't get a lot of feedback from podcasts. You know, I get the messages on Instagram and I get, you know, some messages on Facebook and that's how you contacted yeah. me. Yeah. Yes. And that's, it, it's really good to get the feedback. That's why I always say to people, and I'm just going to mention this now, David, while we're just starting. If if you listen to it on Apple Podcasts, always just, if you could just give us the, you know, the star, the star review or, or write a review if you have a bit of time, because it actually does push us up on the, um, on the charts on, on Apple and it does, uh, allow more people to see the podcast. And, and that's what it's all about to get it out to more future Porsche owners and current Porsche owners and first Porsche owners and all of that. So that's <coughs> no, what it's all about. Yeah. So we always like to start the podcast, David. We always like to start owner stories with the memories, the very first memories of <laughs> when you when you first realized, yeah, maybe I want a I want a nine eleven or maybe I want a Porsche of some sort. Um, some people, as I always say, some people have this from when they're a kid. Other people, it happens much later in life. So when was the when was the first time you you started noticing Porsches and thinking that could be something <laughs> I could get into? It kind of, for me, it kind of feels like I, I came out of the womb loving Porsches, uh, specifically 911s. I, 
I've got to say that I don't have any first memories or recollections of the first time I saw a Porsche or a 911. However, what I do remember is back in the 80s or back during the 80s, going back now, uh, we used to go to the Victorian market. Well, I used to go there with my parents and I remember buying those, those chipboard poster type boards that you stick up on your wall, kind of like those poster things of the 80s supercars and yeah. My brother and I both got Lamborghinis at the time and I remember looking at it thinking, I, I just, I don't know why I bought this or why I chose this car. It just didn't do anything for me. And then a couple of weeks later, uh, we, oh, well, I got another one and it was a 959 and absolutely love it. And I have it in the garage to this day. And ever since then, it's just been a dream to to have a 911. It's It's actually formed part of, my big threes in regards to wife and kids, a home and a 911. And that's it. And I, I can die yeah. a happy man now. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've ticked all the boxes as far as I'm concerned. And it might sound a bit, well, I suppose, uh, yeah, I'm not aiming for the stars or anything, but I'm happy. I'm happy with what I've got. Um, so, you had, yeah. so you had the poster. You've got that. You bought that poster from the markets, um, yep. 959. So that was mm-hmm. when you when you were young. What what happened then? You then you you started working. You you started yeah, thinking that I'm yeah. going to eventually get there. Easy, yeah, definitely. Uh, I I started my apprenticeship um, way back when, and one of my first goals was to buy a Porsche, obviously. And I had said to myself that by the time I'm 21, I will have a 911 in the driveway, or a Porsche of some sort, for that matter. And I started looking at 924s specifically. Uh, I was in love with this two-tone brown 924 with the Pasha interior, yep. the brown and white interior. Yeah, uh, fell in love with it, yeah. And the fact that it was a turbo turned me on because turbos back then were the must-haves. Uh, and I'm, I'm going back to the 90s now, probably early 90s. Yes. Um, and life took over. It didn't happen uh, you, you do the whole, you meet somebody, you get married and all the rest of it, and it all gets pushed to the side. But somewhere along that stage, around my late 20s, late to mid to late 20s, uh, my ex-wife at the time had given me a 911 Cabriolet for the night. So it was a, was a, was a hire car for my birthday as a present. Okay. And I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. I, I yeah, it, it, it just seemed perfect. Um, so what? What gener? Sorry to interrupt, David. What generation was right. that, that that you? That was a nine nine six point one. Nine nine six point one Cabriolet. Yes, yes, uh, and it was an automatic. So uh, I was a cab two from memory. Um, then a little bit of time progressed, and things were getting serious. I, I for years I've been watching car sales and all the websites uh, hunting around for the right car and just, just watching the market. And I've been watching it ever since, even to this day, I still do it, even today. Um, so I came across a car that was for sale at Dutton's at the time, and this, this is in Melbourne, uh, and it was a Viper Green 1976 3-litre 911, yep. five-speed manual, with the tan interior. 
yep. leather tan interior with the the plush carpet footwells and very nice. Abso- yeah, absolutely stunning. And and this car was faultless. You you couldn't fault it. It had the whale tail. It had the Carrera script on the side, the the Fuchs obviously, and it sounded amazing. And I took it for a test drive and fell in love. Obviously, fell in love again with the, with a the 911 and. I needed to sit on it for a couple of days. I couldn't just do the deal then. Mind you, I was ready to do the deal, but yeah. I, I just thought to myself, I just need to walk away from the emotion because I was thinking with my heart and not my head. Uh, so I thought, okay, give it a few days. Whether it was luck or not, I don't know, but I then found out that my wife at the time was pregnant with our first baby. So I thought, you know what? It's always that way, isn't it? Yeah, it's always the timing. Yeah, and that's (laughs) been the story. That's been the story of my life because every time I get close, I I, I take those steps forward to to owning a nine eleven. So do you remember? So do you remember? Just just so the listeners know, Dutton's in Melbourne. If you haven't seen Mm -hmm. their website before, people should. You know, if you're listening to the podcast, you should go to Dutton's. I think it's Dutton's.com or no Dutton's.com.au. Because they have yep. a really good selection of cars, and they always have fantastic. They always yep. have great Porsches, and they have you know they also have Ferraris and everything else top end. Um, but yeah. they're you should actually check them out if you haven't been to that to that site. So this car that you saw, the the Viper Green one, can you remember how much it cost at the time? Do you remember yeah, what the sixty thousand. Sixty thousand. So sixty thousand. Sixty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was one of those things where I should have, would have, but just didn't. Uh, and I just, yeah, I regret that. To this day, I regret it. And I, as I said earlier, I look at car sales every day and so forth. And every now and again, I check that sort of model out again. And I think to myself, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> so the same car now is worth more upwards of $130,000, $140,000. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, in Australian dollars, it's about, it's probably double. You would have doubled doubled your money. Easy, but I mean, it, it's always about timing. And we always say this. And, I, and, you know, I have said on previous podcasts, and, you know, don't delay and don't wait. Um, and I guess mm. that's easy for some people. And I'll just refer to Ajmal again when he bought his 996 in the UK. Um, and for him, it was an easy, almost an easy decision, even though it was a high mileage, very, very high mileage car. And it was advertised yeah. at 9,000 pounds. He got it for like, you know, just under 7,000 pounds. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, that, was from that, that was from that lady that was desperate to sell. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I remember, he, I remember the one. He, um, he bought that. So, you know, it, it, and I think what you're saying, it comes back to it. You have this passion. You have this dream to have a Porsche or a 911. And, you know, life does get in the way and things, there are priorities and it has to be the right time. It really does have to be the right time. Um, yeah. So you saw the Viper Green one uh, in Dutton's and then mm-hmm. how many years passed and then you, you came across another 911 or that was... Ooh. Well, I was continually looking at the ads and doing research on 911s, reading everything I could find under the sun about them. I came across, back then I had a subscription with Total uh, 911 yeah, uh, and I was in contact with Philip Raby, who uh, I think it's Raby or Raby or something. Yeah, I don't know if I pronounced his name right, but we were emailing each other back and forth a couple of times, and it was only a couple of times. And I was inquiring about importing a 911 into Australia from the UK, and I even asked the question about possibly importing several so that I can on-sell them here in Australia. Yeah, because I saw the demand escalating, and it, it started to really. I suppose it started to really scare me a little bit around 2007, uh, sorry, 2013 when, I don't know if you remember, Michael, uh, Steve McQueen's 911S was auctioned off for about a million dollars. 
Yeah, I do. And it was around it was around that time, and that was the time that nine less particularly 9-11, air-cooled 9-11s, went through the roof. Yes, and I remember. I remember. In fact, it was probably even a couple of years earlier. I remember, you know, it's probably, you're probably right, it's probably around after 11, 2011-ish, mm. they started to yes. go really, really quickly, um, really, yes. really go up very, very fast. And I have mentioned this before, but, you know, I remember, you know, for um, when I was looking at 3.2 Carreras G50s and they mm-hmm. were 30,000 yep. and a good one was 35. Uh, yep. And then that obviously has ended now. And a good G50 Carrera in <laughs> Australia, 3.2, is probably 160 and above in good condition. I think there's a, I think there's one on car sales for about 180 at the moment. I think I saw one on there, a grey one or a silver one was 180 mm-hmm. recently. Okay. Yeah. yeah so you thought about you thought about like, maybe I can maybe I can uh, expand my passion. I can bring in some Porsches into Australia. I can keep one for myself, make some money. <laughs> yeah, and what happened? Basic, basically, that was a business plan in a nutshell. Uh, well, ag- again, this was around the time that the, the prices were starting to escalate. Mind you, the Viper Green came along in 2010. So we're talking about two or three years down the track. Uh, around the end of 13, things sort of took a, a bit of a turn for me and I went through a divorce. So that took over my life for a few months and if not a year. And I started thinking to myself, I will never own a 911, let alone a Porsche for that matter. Um, so that went on for a little bit. Uh, subsequently, 2000 and I think it was 15, I met my wife, uh, my new yep. wife, and we, re- we married in 2018. And the whole, the whole thought of possibly owning a Porsche and a 911 I'm always going to refer to it as a 911 because that was my dream, yeah. uh, started coming back to me again. And it started to sort of get serious around about March of this year. And that is when COVID hit. Yes. So my, my, whole, my whole buying and my whole searching for a 911, seriously searching for a 911, was during this whole pandemic. Uh, and it was very difficult, very stressful uh, I remember I spent a whole day just trying to find a, a transport company to bring my car to my front door uh, because okay. of the whole restrictions and so forth. But I'm jumping ahead of you. Yep. No, let's 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 start there. Let's, so you started searching. So that was mm-hmm. you started. Well, you didn't start searching. You've been searching for a long time, and you've been wanting a 911 for a long time. But yeah. this. So in March this year, you've got the peak of the start of COVID, and you start searching, and you think, okay, what? And we should tell the viewers what you bought, the listeners, sorry, what you oh, bought. Okay. <laughs> but when you started, was that the car, the car that you purchased, was that the car you were looking for or were you looking for something else? So what did you start searching for? And okay, and then okay. we'll get into I, what you've actually purchased. But was that, okay. was that the one you were looking for? The car I purchased was not the car or the type of car that I was looking for. I, my heart was always set on air-cooled and my budget was around the same, if not a little bit more. I was in a bit of a dream as well because all the cars that I was finding were damaged or they needed a lot of work done to them. I got in touch through my wife, a friend of hers, who, and I won't mention his name, but he's a bit of a Porsche, let's just say he's a Porsche expert in Victoria. He's well known. Uh, He, I was on the phone with him every few weeks as as I came across these air-cooled Porsches. And he would basically say yay or nay. Um, there was one that came up in South Australia early, early to mid this year. It was a 
I think it was a 1983, uh, and it was a Targa. Sorry, it was a coupe, not a Targa, if memory serves me correct. so this an S- SC, amazing. was it? Not it was, an, it, an SC. It, it was an SC, yes. And basically it looked the goods. Uh, but I then later found out through this contact that the car had a lot of rust issues down yeah. in the engine bay and so forth. And he basically said, look, you're going to be spending a hell of a lot of money just to bring it back. Not worth it. And this, this, this happened a few times. I would come across a few air cools. Uh, especially targets. I've got a love for targets, yeah. and that is what I wanted. And most of them, however, were interstate. Now, any given day, I would have jumped on a plane, flew over there, test drove it. Whether I liked it or not, we would have, you know, pro- progressed from there. I would have got a PPI done or whatever it may have been. But because of COVID, I couldn't move. I couldn't. I couldn't do anything. All I could do is basically go off the word of what the seller was telling me and that's one thing that I I was trusting in my own sort of I suppose my own head was that I like I wanted to like the seller if I didn't bond with the seller forget it it was never going to happen because if 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 I don't like the feeling I get from the seller then basically it's it's telling me that they're not going to then they haven't cared for the car and a lot of the research that I was doing, even after, you know, finding the details about the car and the owner and so forth, was pointing in that direction that, that, that these people weren't to be trusted, so to speak. Um, so long story short, this went on for a few weeks and then my mind changed to water-cooled and specifically 996s. Yes. And obviously... It comes up all the time, but the whole IMS and the fried egg headlights and yada 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 sort of comes it's, about. Yeah, it's a balancing act, though, like you said. And and you looking at air cooled, I think is is a good point, actually, David, because the air cools that are cheap are usually cheap for a reason. Exactly. Um, and they they they're low for a reason, whether it's a mechanical issue. But I mean, a rust is a big problem, as as everyone knows who are looking at classic Porsches. I mean, even mm. myself looking at nine twelves, a lot of them have you know floor pans replaced. A lot of them have been rusted out. So you have to be really, really careful. And I guess you can do. And this is the thing about buying things online during COVID, like you were saying. It's it's become easy in that everyone's co- comfortable now doing things online. But it really doesn't. You really need to go there and, and look at the car and. Or you have to have someone that you trust in that state to go and look at the car for you that you will actually, you know, value their opinion. So it is it is a difficult process, isn't it? So then Yeah, definitely, definitely. So then the nine nine six you have, you know, the, the notorious IMS issue, um, which we all know about. I mean my nine nine seven has the same, you know, the same thing in the back of your head that it could happen. Yeah. So how did you how did you address that when you started looking at nine nine sixes with the IMS? Okay, uh, I wasn't phased by the whole look of the car. I love it. To me, a nine on sorry, a nine eleven. It, it, it's a stunning piece of machinery. Uh, I, and I've said this to my friends in the past. You could give me a secondhand nine eleven over a brand new Ferrari any day of the week. I would yeah. look at a Ferrari, but I would not love a Ferrari, and I would or you know an Aston or a McLaren or any of those cars. Uh, I'm one-eyed Porsche, specifically a nine eleven. So. The 996 started to become attractive to me in terms of, uh, well, obviously it fit my budget. Uh, it had a lot of things that I liked about the, the, the proportions, the look, what I could do with it. 
So I started looking at uh, 996s and I came across a few, but the very first one I looked at ultimately was the one that I purchased. Okay. Uh, so what happened was basically I came, I was, I was looking at car sales as I do, as I do all the time, and I came across this black 996.2, which is what I built, what I ended up buying. The car in question was always there at the back of my mind. I'd saved it. I never really addressed it. I was looking at other cars in between it, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this guy a call. And on the phone, he sounded fantastic. He ticked all the boxes. The car ticked all the boxes, all the options that I wanted. Uh, basically, everything was there. However, the only issue was the car was in the Gambi. And I'm in Melbourne. And for those of the listeners out there that don't know, it's, it's about an hour and 40, an hour and 50 minutes drive. Yeah. Now, the problem, any, again, any day of the week, I would have been down there the next day. No, no, no issue. However, we had around Melbourne a ring of steel, which basically meant anybody in metropolitan Melbourne could not travel into regional Melbourne during yes. this pandemic. And the only people or the only way you could go into regional would be with a permit. Now, I'm lucky enough that I'm a tradesman that I could write my own permit. I work for myself, so yeah. I could write my own permit and have a look at what I needed to look at. I just dummied the permit up to look like I was going out there for an emergency, some sort of job. Uh, but the problem was at the time, the owner couldn't get up there to Nagambi because he had another house on the other side of town. He was in reach, uh, he was in metropolitan Melbourne at the time. So he couldn't get up there to have a look, uh, to show me the car. So he said to me that he had an interstate buyer that was willing to get the car, put on a truck and send it back to where he lived, wherever that was, I okay. can't remember where he said it was. And basically the deal sort of fell through around those sorts of uh, terms because I was offering him more money, uh, but I needed time to get a PPI done. I needed time to yep. go up there and look at a car. I was very stressed and, and yep. anxious around this whole process. Uh, so basically that fell through. In my eyes, that fell through. The deal fell through. It didn't happen. So I continued looking and came across all sorts of, you know, 996s, even looking at auction sites, Shannon's and so forth. Um, I was even looking at Boxsters. I was looking at Caymans, specifically S's we're talking here. Yes. Um, and I came across a Boxster. It was a 550 Spider Edition. Uh, that caught my eye. I was looking at that. I was looking at a black Cayman S with, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure it was an S anyway. The, the 550 sorry. Spider Edition, I think I saw that. That was the one I was actually looking at that too. Is that in um, Queensland? It was interstate, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at that because they're very rare. Uh, they're they very are. rare. And I, I came across them on UK uh, UK site and they were selling for quite bigger money than what, they were selling for in Australia. They're actually quite, yeah. uh, quite sought after. Um, well, this, yeah, and that was yeah, very right. cheap. That 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 it was, stuff. it was, it was, and it caught my eye. And it looked okay from the pictures. And again, this is without digging deeper into it. Um, and basically, as I said, I was looking at all sorts of cars. Kept looking at nine elevens, but everything I came across, and I don't know if it was due to COVID because of 
people being scared about maybe putting their car up for sale or whatever it may have been. But yes. a lot of the a lot of the the traffic revolved around interstate um, selling, and there was nothing in Victoria really moving or really being shown on car sales and so forth. I did come across a, a blue one, uh, though this had this had a grey. If I remember, and I call it a grandma grey, and I don't want to insult anybody out there, but I don't like the look of the interior. It's it's that old yeah. grey sort of leather look. It the just mid, reminds me the of, mid type of grey, that light grey colour, which doesn't. Yeah, I know the colour yeah. you mean, and it doesn't age very well. No, um, it doesn't no, age very well. It doesn't do the car any favours. Just for the listeners, so they know, and they they probably remember this from when I've spoken about it before. Nine nine six has come up in Australia, and they come up in car sales is the main car site in Australia. Um, yes, and nine nine six has come up. But they go reasonably quickly when they do come up, especially when they're in manual and especially when they're reasonably low kilometres and I guess especially when they've had the IMS slash clutch um, done at the same time. Mm. Um, so you found that 911. That was the one you thought you wanted. So you think it's disappeared. What happens then? Well, this went on for uh, probably a couple of months. I did come across a manual silver 911 that was in Melbourne. Uh, I'd organised with the owner to, to to view the car. It was a little bit rough around the edges. This car was kept, uh, from memory, it was kept close to the beach and it, it showed a lot of uh, little rusted areas. I can't remember what you'd call it, but basically just it, it didn't sit right with me. It just seemed like it needed a lot of work, a lot of little bits and pieces. So I gave that a miss. Um, this, this went on for, like I said, a, a few, a few uh, weeks thereafter. And then I got a text message on a Sunday. It was a Sunday morning and I got a text message from the guy who was selling the black 911 that I first looked at. And he basically said that he is now up at Nagambi and if I wanted to go and look at the car, then we can arrange a time. Everything, basic, from, basically from that point, everything was full steam ahead. I, I dropped everything else in terms of what I was looking at and what I was doing, even work for that matter, and I took time off work, went up there. I think it was the next couple of days or the next day, I can't remember, I wrote my own permit out, went, went up there, had a look at it, and... Basically, along the way, I was in contact with various mechanics and even my wife at the time was talking to mechanics and workshops and so forth as we were trying to figure out how we could get this car to yes. a Porsche service centre so they can do a PPI. That was a big thing for me. Uh, so... Now, this area in, in Victoria is quite remote, right? There's no Porsche dealers around. There's no Porsche no. specialists, really. It's not in central Melbourne, um, just so people know. So what happened with – did you find out what happened to the previous – the guy that was – he'd already sold this car, right? Well, he gave you the impression that he'd sold the car. He gave me the impression that the car was sold. Uh, and I, I basically had – well, I, I switched off from the whole idea of – following this up and mind you it was still active on the on car sales oh, okay um and i just thought well obviously you know he hasn't followed it up and taken it off so yep. basically yes the the place where the car was it's it's central victoria so 
there isn't a lot of workshops out there that specialise in Porsches, let's just say. However, my wife did find a European mechanic in the area and that was the only place where we could get the car looked at. Okay. Um, so this was this this was all going on whilst I was driving up there. I I, I arrive at the guy's house and immediately fall in love. And it was one of those things where oh, it was just rose-coloured glasses for me. I I started thinking with my heart and not my head. Yep. So uh, just just tell the listeners. So this car, what was the year and what was the colour and and just explain. Okay. Okay, so it was a 2002, it, it's black, Porsche black, 2002 uh, Carrera 996 C2 manual, um, and it's got several options on it, and it's it's basically a black interior, black leather interior. Yes. It, it's what you want in terms of a 911, I suppose. It's it's, it's the coupe, it's the manual, it's the C2. How many uh, kilometres, David? How many kilometres? Kilometres, uh, at the time, I, I would... I'd say about 150, 155,000. Okay. Uh, full service history. However, the car had been sitting at Nagambi or had been sitting there for about a year and a half or thereabouts as he, the owner had another 911 that he was using as his daily. Right. Prior to that, this particular car was his baby and anything that went wrong with this car, he addressed it straight away. Um, so was so, he a long was he a long term owner? Had he owned it for quite some time? That nine nine six. He owned it for yes, he owned it for a few years. Uh, he was a third owner. The, the the car original owner was in Melbourne. It then went off to Perth, so the other side of Australia, and then that is where the owner who I bought the car from bought it from the guy in Perth, bought it down, and he had it for a few years. It was his daily, okay. uh, loved it, and so forth, and. So yeah. what um so what options were on the car? Did you have the the stickers were there? You could check the options out. You knew what the options were. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, the options, well, the stickers, the stick, sorry, the sticker uh, on the bonnet or underneath the bonnet, as yep. as you're aware. Uh, some of the some of the numbers were a bit faded, so I went off the service manual. The car had the Mo30 suspension, which I believe is ten mil ten millimeters lower than standard. Yep. Uh, had the Bose the Bose sound system. Um, it has obviously full leather. It had the uh, the telephone module next to the next to the the CD stacker. Well, I call it a CD stacker, but oh right, so CD you have that extra piece where the phone was. Yeah, that yeah, piece. yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's got the aluminium instrument for the aluminium look instrument faces. The Zenon yeah. lights. It had the headlight washers, uh, the stainless steel exhaust tips. Uh, the 18-inch five-spoke wheels. Uh, the center console was the Arctic Silver, uh, and I believe that 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 yeah, I believe that's it with with regards to the options. So it was quite well spec then. It's very well spec for, well, for a Carrera too. Yeah, for a Carrera too, it's very well spec. <clears throat> definitely, definitely. And this this is what attracted me to it because it had all the options that I that I wanted and. Whilst I was over there going over this car and, we, you know, obviously we took it for a test drive and I spoke to the mechanic with the, with the previous owner who I was buying the car off. I, he's, he had given authority for me to speak to or for the mechanic to give me the details on the car. Oh, okay. 
who last serviced it. And I was on the phone with them for a good 30 minutes and they were fantastic. Were they and a I, Porsche, I, they were Porsche specialist or just a mechanic? Yeah, uh, they were. Spe- they, yeah. They, they, they were. And I, I don't know whether or not I should say who it was, but no, they were okay. fantastic. So uh, on the phone with them, they, they basically gave me a, a brief history. The, there was a full service history on this car yep. uh, with receipts, heaps of receipts. And, and the previous owner who I bought the car off, as I said earlier, he, he didn't really spare anything in terms of what the car needed. If it needed something, he got it done. Um, uh, so basically, we'd done the deal then and there. Uh, we shook hands. Sorry, David, this is after you. So you did the PPI or you just spoke to his mechanics? No, then? no. Well, this was the issue. The, the, everything had revolved around this PPI, this mysterious PPI that I couldn't get done. The, right. It, it, was, it was a struggle. So we had booked the car in for, uh, an ins- well, I suppose a, a pre-purchase inspection at the local European mechanic or the workshop. Uh, mind you, they've only ever seen two or three Porsches in the past. Okay. So, you know, I was roll, basically I was rolling the dice a little bit. However, there were no other options. I didn't have anything else to go off uh, other yeah. than what I had seen. But you'd been looking for some time and like you said, you had to trust the seller. You had to, you know, like the seller and be confident with the seller. It seems like you were reasonably confident with the seller. Um, and... I know what you said about speaking to the mechanic that worked on the car when, when that guy owned it. I mean, Steve's a big fan of that. He always rings up. He always, you know, asks the owner, but he always gets permission to, to speak to the mechanic because that gives you a good insight on, on what's happening with the car. Um, Definitely. So you've, you've, done, you've done some groundwork there. So then do you do the, you do the deal? You give the guy the money? before you, So you don't do a pre-purchase inspection, <laughs> so to speak, and then you give him your deposit and then the deal's done? That was a whole nother drama. Uh, basically, and I, I felt that he was playing hardball with regards to this. I, I, I had transferred a deposit into his account that, that evening. Um, we hadn't even arranged a roadworthy certificate. This was all a last minute thing that we decided upon or that we needed to still sort out. Uh, and it, was, it didn't form part of the deal at the time. So we'd agreed that the road, whatever the roadworthy needed, he would fix if it was substantial, if it was wear and tear, it would be on me. Yeah. Other than that, it would be on him. Um, so the car went in uh, to the to the local European mechanic. He had a look at it. He picked three things that it needed for a roadworthy certificate, which were a reverse light that wasn't working, uh, the windscreen washer bottle wasn't working, and the rear seat belt had a slight, very, very slight tear in it. Right. Um, and basically that was another drama in the sense that we had to source out a seatbelt. Um, given the whole COVID thing, it was very difficult. Yep. Uh, subsequently, the, the mechanic had fixed the first two options. I We then changed the deal based on the fact that I would take over the roadworthy regardless of what it needed, although we did sort of know what it needed. But they're not the major, major things though, David. They weren't no, super no, major no. things. I mean, a seatbelt no. can be expensive. Seatbelts can, can tend to be expensive sometimes if you have to replace one, but it wasn't yeah. a huge thing. But it had current registration, right? You're, you're talking yes, roadworthy, but it did have yes. current registration, yeah. It, it did, it did. And getting back to that seatbelt, that seatbelt from Porsche was over $900. So I... Well, basically, my wife had gotten onto the idea that maybe we should source out somebody who can actually repair the seatbelt, which yep. 
I found somebody that could do it. Mind you, I had to remove the seatbelt and take it to them again during this whole restrictive period of time and, and then reinstall it, which was a, a huge sort of thing because I, I, I didn't like the idea of pulling the trim apart myself and never doing it before. And as you know, those things can, can be quite expensive if you damage them. So I ended up doing that. Uh, it was all fine. Um, so did you, drive, the- did you drive the car from – so you, pick, you bought the car – <laughs> you did the deal. You transferred the money. Did you get it transported up, or did you actually go and pick it up and drive? No. It up? Well, I, I had to take I had to take some time off work to organise what we were going to do about this the whole logistics around getting getting the funds into this guy's account as he didn't want to take cash. He didn't want to take a bank check. He made it very difficult in the sense that we couldn't give him the money other than an EFT transfer. And I was a bit uncomfortable with the whole idea of transferring a large sum of money to somebody that I don't know and not being able to actually drive the car away then and there. Yes. So we we rolled the dice and I, before we even get to that, I tried to organise a, a, a transport company or anybody for that matter to bring the car down to Melbourne uh, it was getting costly to do it. was going to be costly to do that until a friend of my wife's, well, yeah, she, she works with, with a, another a lady there and her husband owns a 912 and he's, he, he could be trusted basically. I thought to myself, this guy could be trusted. He, he, he would be in his, I dare say, his 50s or 60s and yep. I thought, you know what, he, he I could trust him to drive the car down. He said he offered to me to drive the car down from the Gambia because he was he was in regional. He could travel there without any permits and then drive it back to his home. Yeah. And then there was another headache of me trying to actually get to his house to pick the car up. So basically, we we took the we took the chance of transferring the money into his account. It was a very stressful few hours waiting for the funds to his account and for him to actually confirm that they had hit and and that he will proceed with the sale. Because in the back of my mind and my wife's mind, we're thinking this guy could take the money and run. Yeah. Um, You know, so he came good. The the next day we all met at his place uh, where uh, my friend drove the car back to his home and once we came back to, to our house, we then had to go up to his, well, his meeting point where we exchanged the car. Yep. And that was basically it in a, in a nutshell. So you've got the car, so. you've got the car, yep. you paid the money, it's now yours, it's roadworthy, mm-hmm. you've got the certificate. Um, not not roadworthy yet. No, not roadworthy road yet. <laughs> not roadworthy yet. So because but you can still the whole, drive the car though. You can still drive the car. I had a, I had a permit allowing me to drive the car up to I think two weeks. So I I arranged to get the seatbelt fixed, fix the seatbelt. I then had to drive the car back to Shepparton, where they were doing the which is right near the Gamby, where they were doing the roadworthy. Um, luckily for me, they had just removed the restrictions in terms of the the permits travelling yep. interstate and so forth. Oh, sorry, in, uh, within within Victoria. And then I got the roadworthy done. Next day, went off to Vic Roads, got the car transferred into my name and it was all done after that, thank God. So everything's <laughs> sorted. When everything's sorted, you, you take a deep breath and you start to enjoy the car. 
you take it for the first first real drive. How does it feel? <laughs> the first time I drove it, it didn't hit me until, you know, I sat in the car, I'm driving, and I'm just getting used to the controls and loving, loving the car. But it didn't hit me until I looked into the rear view mirror and I saw the sticker on the on the on the back wind on the back windscreen that says Porsche. And it, it hit me then that I'm driving a Porsche, that I own a Porsche. And I actually remember calling my wife up at the time, telling her that, and I was I was, I was quite emotional. I'll be honest with you. Um, well, it's been so a long then, it's been a long journey, right? It's been a long it has, you know, it's it, been and and you got there. That's the main thing. You got I, I did get there. I, I did get there, and then I, I I don't know what happened, but I I I kind of went backwards emotionally, and I started feeling very guilty um, to the point where. I was wondering whether or not I'd made the right decision. Uh, I, to me, I'd, I'd achieved my dream. However, in amongst all the pandemic and all the all the bad stuff that's going out there in the world, here's me buying a Porsche and and you know enjoying the situation, so to speak. And yeah. I felt very guilty because of it. Um, yeah, so I mean, it was a difficult time for for both those reasons. Things, like you said, I mean, it made it more difficult to do the sale because of all the restrictions. You know, things that would yeah. normally be quite easy become like a stressful thing and you want it to be an enjoyable experience when you buy your first 911 and then also then you think you know and I feel this way too when I talk about you know 912s and getting a second one it's like you know you feel like is it the really the right time and a a lot of people feel this way it's like you know it's it's not a good time and 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 it's you know even us talking about it on the podcast I think the good side of it is is that you know it brings everyone together and everyone's been going through this around the world at the same time um so at least we can talk about something that we have a common bond with and i think that's what's great definitely Um, definitely so when you the first real drive in the car david when you took it and you realized and i i've got this feeling and i've spoken about it before that thing with the weight transfer that thing with the rare that you are driving a car with the engines in the back that you know you realize that it that it that it steer the steering is better than what yeah. you've driven before. You realize when you go around a corner for the first time 100%. At, at a medium speed, and you realize. So, <laughs> well, basically, uh, I've got a love affair with the with the with the beach, um, and I thought to myself, okay, the first real day that we get together, that we can go out for a long drive, we would head out to Lawn, which is a good couple hour drive from where I live, yeah, and. The main, the main way to get to Lawn is along the Great Ocean Road, which is a windy road. However, I thought, let's, let's change it up a little bit. Let's go through the back part of Lawn through, I think it's Dean's Marsh. Yep. Um, let's drive up through there and then we'll come along the Great Ocean Road. And driving up towards Lawn or driving down towards Lawn, I should say, the, the road is extremely windy and I was, I was, I was in heaven. I was loving it. And I, I remember looking over to my wife at the time and she's screaming out because she's holding on to what she refers to as the Jesus Christ bars, which is the, the door handles, yeah, as yeah. I'm taking these corners fairly quickly, I dare say, and I was trying to keep it within, you know, a, a decent sort of speed. Uh, but I loved it. I, we, I, it's probably the best drive I've ever had in my life, uh, me driving along where I've always wanted to go in, in, in my, so, you know, my dream car, so to speak. And we, we, we had a ball. We had, a, we had an absolute ball. 
So when when did you pick up the car? What month was that? How long ago was it? October. October. So you've had it for a couple October. of months. Did had you it for need a to? Of did you need to do a, any services on the car? Was there any yeah. a service due? So did you take it? Did you find? Did you find a guy in Melbourne that you feel comfortable with in taking the car to? Who, how did you choose the the person? To okay, get the so so throughout the whole process, I was also in touch with uh, Dave from um, Nurburgring Mechanical. Um, who's my current mechanic on the car. Okay. And he was very helpful with any questions I had, irrespective of, you know, when they were or whatever it may have been. Uh, and I'd never met the guy in, until the, the first time he came over. He's a mobile mechanic. He came over to my place, serviced the car, um, basically said that, the, yeah, the car's fine. It's really good condition, so forth and so on. He had to change a few things uh, such as hood shocks and, and he fixed the headlight washer, he aligned the driver's door, he changed all the fluids in the car, um, adjusted the bonnet because it just needed a slight adjustment. Uh, we changed the timing belt. Uh, but basically the car is, is in very good condition for, for its age. The only thing it does need is a driver's side window regulator. Oh, okay. Um, and which are a bit expensive, right? They're not super. They cheap. are no, they're not. They're, sorry, they are. They are expensive. However, it's 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 one of those things, isn't it? You you either fix it or you don't. And so I, the car. I, so the car was pretty clean then. What about so all your things like brakes and things like that? Everything was fine. Perfect. There was there was no need Perfect. tires. Did you have to replace the tires? Because sometimes Perfect. when no. you buy a used car, the tires are out of date or there's everything. Tires. Everything had been done by the pro uh, the pro, uh, previous owner. He, he basically, he kept it running to a perfect condition. He, uh, he'd done the whole IMS, he'd done the alternator, he'd done the, the clutch, he changed engine mounts, gearbox mounts, starter motor, oh, okay. the brakes all round, tyres all round, the headlights got polished. Okay, so, so he, was, he was quite an enthusiast then. He did actually... Very much so, very and, much so. And I guess this showed in a way because he had two cars. He had two Porsches and I guess he exactly. just decided he wasn't needing both. So with the 996, the IMS was done how long ago? Did it actually have the sticker uh, in your yes, book? Got, yes, yes. Uh, I think it's LN Engineering. LN, done the, which is the main one, yeah, which is the... Had, had supplied, yeah, had supplied yep. it. It was done, uh, I believe it was done at Fitzgerald Racing, uh, and that okay. was done a few years ago. Um, so I suppose technically when I, I've done a bit of research on it, and it does say that it, I think it's seven years, don't quote me, I think it was seven years that they they... Well, they basically, I, won't, I don't know if they guarantee it. They, but they say it, yeah. I had, yeah. I had this conversation and I can't remember who it was in owner's stories. We were talking about this and um, who was it? I can't even remember who it was. Justin maybe or? Yeah, and they said the that the fact that, you know, yes, Ellen Engineering say that there is a limit on the time and there is a limit on the kilometres and you should get it redone. But, you know, mm, Ellen Engineering, mm. as good as they are, they are in the business of doing this bearing. You know what I mean? Exactly. So yeah. They do want you to keep replacing it, whether or not it wears out or whether or not they just stop guaranteeing it. But you know, it's it's done by the right people and it seems like it was fitted by it was fitted by a good specialist. Fitzgerald Racing is who um James on a previous owner's story had a lot of um experience with. He actually had has the Fitzgerald um cup car at the moment, the yellow cup car. Yeah. So you've got the car, and I know this happened to me. As soon as you get it, you start 
you think you're going to stop searching online, you think you're going to stop looking at things, and then you start realizing how many things you can do for your 911. And of course, this is money, mm. you know, and you need to have mm. the funds, and you've just spent a lot of money on the car. Mm. And I, I didn't come, I didn't get to that point, and I don't want you to divulge how much you paid for it, um, David. But was it okay. was it mid range or was it how did it sit price wise? I have a vague idea of the prices of 996s in Australia. Was it about mid range or was it slightly higher range? It was about mid to high range, I dare say. Okay. So basically, uh, I, I didn't go into this deal trying to screw over the previous owner in terms of the price. I knew I was getting a decent car and I was willing to pay for that. Um, yeah. I, had, I had factored in a couple of things that the car needed prior to, well, even after taking ownership of it, such as a spare key, which... It only come with the one key, so I had to do that. Yep. Uh, you know, little bits and pieces like that. The the passenger door, sorry, the passenger seat switch, the height adjustment switch is is broken, so I need to fix that. Um, just very little things like that. So yours is uh, a so, yours is an O2, so it's a nine nine six point two, right? Or nine nine six nine nine six point two. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, you know. Whenever you buy a car that's you know eighteen or it's eighteen year old car, you know you know you're going to have to. There's going to be wear and tear items. There's going to be certain things. But Definitely. if you're confident mechanically, you know it's mechanically sound. It, I mean, I've seen photos of um, David's car as well, and he's he shared it to me on on Facebook, and it's in really good condition. It looks great in the images. The interior looks like it's the leather's been looked after. It doesn't look like there's any major wear areas. Um, all the things you kind of get concerned about. The center console in 996s always tends to get a bit scruffy, the same as in the 997. It's no different. You know, and little things when you buy a car, you know, the scuff guards in the door sills, when you look at them, it's very hard not to scuff those. They are a replaceable part, as we know, the inner sill and the outer sill, you know, they're plastic. You know, you can't let little things like that deter you because, you know, there will be certain wear items. And as long as you're pretty much confident like David was with the car, I think that's the main point. So, David, you've got the car. You've got it now. You've got the 911. Um, the dreams come true, so to speak. What do you? What do you, else do you want to do to it? What else are you planning that you have on a list? I'm sure you uh, have a list. Is- I have a list as long as your arm. Uh, however, that's the problem. I want to. I don't know where to go with this car. I, I there's a there's a strong part of me that wants to keep it as original as possible and just maintain it and love it for what it is. And I dare say that that's probably where I'll go. Mm-hmm. However, I my history of modifying cars tends to bite me every now and again and I've, I want to do things such as the wheels. I wouldn't mind going to Fuchs. So now I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I'm actually, I actually reached out to you a little while ago about the side decal on the car as well. Oh, yeah. Who you used. Um, oh, I've, right. Where was that on? On Instagram or YouTube? Uh, no, I believe it was YouTube. YouTube oh, okay. It was. Okay. Yeah. Did you sort uh, that out? Did you sort that I out? I did. I got a quote. I got a quote from, and I, I'm a bit reluctant to, to name businesses uh, at this stage anyway, but I, I, I got a quote from a business in Melbourne, a well-known business in Australia, uh, Melbourne, sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm fairly confident when it comes to mechanical things on the car, I can do things. However, laying out the decals on the side of a door, if I stuff yeah. it up, I'm going to stuff it up big time. Well, there is the positioning. Yeah, there's a positioning of it. I didn't do mine. See, I bought mine from Carrera Decals, which I I would have told you, which is now Ren Decals. Ren Decals, yes. He had to take all the images off. He's a really nice guy. I think his name's Chris, I think, from memory. 
Um, okay. And I know a lot of people have bought them from from him, and I think he still yeah. is in opera. I think he's still in operation. Re- Did you? Yeah, Ren is. Ren is uh, from from memory anyway. Carrera decals. The website's down. So yeah. So he had to change the name. He had to change it from Carrera decals to Ren decals due to Porsche yeah. going at yeah. him as, as yeah, they I do. Can imagine. Um, yeah. So. You know, when I got mine and I bought them from him and he was really helpful and they came and it was the right vinyl and I made sure it was the, the right, you know, I, I forget if it's gloss or matte, whatever what the factory made is what I asked for. Um, yeah. I didn't install mine myself. I took them to um, Order House Hamilton in Sydney and they okay. fitted yep. the stripe and I had the stone guards replaced at the same time because mine were yellowing, you know, the clear stone mm-hmm. guard. Yeah. And usually yeah. on in my, in my car it was a bit yellow on one side. Um, so I had those changed at the same time. But, you know, that to do that alone, and, you know, this is the thing, everything adds up, and that was, that was probably an hour's work for the cost. And, and Order House Hamilton didn't do it. They had another guy that did it. But there is a, there is a place in Sydney, David, that does all the, the stripes that Steve uses. I forget the name. I can check okay. with him and send you the message if you're still looking. But yeah, yeah, a, look, I'm still looking. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but there That'd is a place in Sydney. I think Steve has used them before. I just can't remember the name of the, at the moment off the top of my head. See, there are there, you, you can basically order them online. However, my my dilemma is actually installing them. Uh, and I, I that's that's one of the the things that I, I would like to do to the car. I'm even toying with the idea of a ducktail on the, you know, as a wing. Uh, I, there's a couple other, I obviously want to work on the exhaust. However, when it comes to the exhaust, if I'm going to do something mechanical, I want to, I want to see the benefits in terms of horsepower. Okay. Uh, I want to get bang for buck if I'm going to spend money on, on the mechanics um brakes are perfect i may lower the car an inch i'm still toying with the idea of whether to go coilovers or just the springs however it's 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 going to add up because i've got the subwoofer as part of the bose package now to get to the struts at the rear you need to remove the subwoofer out of the car really Uh, yeah because the subwoofer blocks the um the top mounts oh okay Um, okay right and that uh, the guy I did speak to uh, said he got done previously on a Porsche 911 and severely underquoted. And I think he's trying to make up for it by overquoting on my quote. Oh, okay. So it doesn't it's look, a, but looking at the pictures of your car, it doesn't look like it's sitting too high. I mean, obviously, my car's on lowering springs. I'm looking at your car now. It actually looks like it's got quite a nice stance to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'd, yeah, I'm being picky. I'm, I'm nitpicking here and I'm just thinking even if it's another 10 or 20 mil, uh, I'd be happy with that. Uh, so you could uh, just go the lowering springs the lowering springs yeah. route. I mean, your wheels are a good wheel. I like that wheel. I think that's one of the nicest wheels. Um, David's also got a – I won't I – won't, well, you might – I won't say the plate number just in case, but David's also got a really um, cool number plate as well. You know, oh, that was another – that was a dilemma. I'm a fan of the cool number plates. I'm not sure if that's – is that an expensive one in Melbourne or is that a no, semi-expensive no, it's, one? It's, it's, it's not expensive. However, I was toing and throwing with the whole idea of, of, of uh, what, to, what to use and I had three or four ideas and I remember lying on the couch one night with my wife just watching TV and I was just, you know, scanning the, 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 the website. And as I went back onto some of the previous plates that only – I think it was a day – earlier that I was looking at that were available, two or three of them had been taken up. Right. 
So I started to panic and get a bit anxious, uh, which seems to be be a thing with with this particular car, you know, in terms of buying it and now with the plates. So I, I ended up purchasing those, and yeah, I love, look. I, Do you I want to tell the, the listeners what it is, or you want to keep it? You want to tell them what the plate is? Uh, I don't know. Does it matter? <laughs> yeah, no, it uh, it's 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 well. It depends on how you want to view it. I, it's it's. Well, I sort of view it as one flat six. Yeah. So let's just say it's similar to that. Yeah, it's a good plate. It's a really good plate. Yeah. So. I went onto that Victoria plate site recently. I had um, a guy in uh, Melbourne, Stan, uh, who I'm sure he doesn't mind me mentioning him, who was looking for plates, and he he asked me what I should what he should get and what were some combinations I would recommend. So I gave him a few combinations. I think he bought one of them actually because I, I only yeah. check ones that were available. Yeah, but there were some good ones available in Victoria when I was checking. I had to say I was a bit envious. I was like, wow, that's that's available because it wasn't available <laughs> in New South Wales. It was quite quite I, a good one. I too. do I do like your plates, though. I must say. So yeah, I've got friends. Choice. I got friends in the UK that that don't understand how it only costs that that amount of money for that plate. I mean, I thought it was yeah. reasonably expensive because you have got to pay for it every year. But um, yeah, that yeah. is a that is a good plate. I'm, I'm happy yeah. with that one. Yeah. So that was really your first mod. Then you get the number plate. That's almost the first the first uh, thing you bought. Oh, if you if you know me well, you wouldn't count that as a mod. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, but no, my very first mod thus far has just been replacing the filter, the KN filter. Um, I'm looking at doing a resonator delete on the car just to give it a little bit more of a throatier sound. Yep. I'm not going to go with a full AirPod system as and I'm sure everybody out there has seen the, the dyno um, videos on YouTube of power lost through to the, you know, because of these systems. Uh, again, looking at the exhaust, I'll be looking at a short shift kit. Uh, I'm even toying with a window tint. I may yeah. even go original radio as opposed because it's got the it's got some. I, it's got some an aftermarket, aftermarket system. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know right. what you should get, David. You should get the Porsche Classic one, the PCCM Plus one, which is I don't know how mm. much that costs in Oz, but I'm guessing it's not. If it's it's quite expensive everywhere else in the world, so I'm guessing it's yeah quite expensive. I'd, I'd like to keep the interior looking as period as possible. Right. Uh, and one of my options interior wise is to, is to look at the seats as well. But again, because of that reason, I probably won't be. So I'm, I'm yeah. because I've just got the car, I'm just toying around with everything at the moment and I haven't really settled on anything. Yeah. To be you got to look you. at your options, but I think you, you know, you're, you're talking about the sound, but you want more horsepower. So that's, that's fair enough. And that's, a, that's, going to be more expensive with the exhaust to get more horsepower right it's not it's not a cheap it's not like getting a fister which is just you know the sound um, exactly i don't think exactly. you need to mess with the wheels as much as i like the fuchs on the on the 996 i think they really set that they really work with the shape of the 996 and the stance when they've got the fuchs on them look fantastic i think Definitely. your wheels look your wheels look great i, I wouldn't well, i wouldn't bother with them i think the suspension is a good one and that's a very you know that's a if you find you want better suspension, I think that's a good idea. Mm. But you, as we know, that's that's a cost. That's a very big cost. That's a big. Yeah. That's a big modification. Yeah, definitely. definitely, you know, I've got to be careful because it's probably a bit too late now. But uh, I'm pretty sure my wife will be listening to this one day, and <laughs> she's going to hear about all of this, and it's probably going to come back and bite me. But yeah, look, it is a cost. However, it's 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 beneficial to the car. It's going to obviously handle better. It's it's going to sit better. It's, it's 
it's just going to be better all round. You you won't lose from upgrading the suspension. Yeah, and I think when you when you get your first 911, and I, I'm you know I'm the same. My car's my first 911, and I drove it for a bit before I decided to change things. Do you know what I mean? The only mm. thing I changed straight away was the air conditioning unit because I hated the buttons, and I did the expensive thing and just replaced the whole thing. But yep. it was when I was driving it, and then I realized that. I didn't have, I didn't hate the 20 inch wheels that came with it, but I wanted OEM wheels, you know? So it's a priority. Like you said, it's what you want first. And I knew it was the wheels and it was the exhaust. Um, yeah. The stripe was just like an afterthought that I came across looking something online and I saw a similar picture and I thought, oh, maybe I'll get that. In fact, I was looking yeah. at Singer's site and then I saw the Singer, the Singer stripes and I thought that's the sort of look that I want. That's great. It sounds like you've done well, David. It sounds you really, you really found the right car and, you know, you're enjoying it and you're you're happy about it and that's that's the main thing and that's that's important and you know the 996 honestly you've got a really good you've got a really good 911 there because we all know it's 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 at the bottom of the curve it it it's still it's going to go you're not going to lose money from that car there's no way you're going to lose money from that car it's only going to you know appreciate in years to come um and people don't have a problem with the headlights anymore i, I mean i don't have a problem with them the, I don't, the point, no. yeah, yeah. And the point two actually is you know slightly better but there's nothing wrong with the point ones definitely and it's kind of cool that that the 996 has actually dropped to the level it is because you know a lot of people and a lot of people that are contacting me recently to be on owner stories a lot of people have 996s or buying 996s but i think that's great because it brings people to the brand who've been wanting to get into the brand do you know what i mean Definitely, and I think that's definitely. that's the most important thing. So I always like to ask this question because we're getting to the the end of time. And and but I always like to ask this question about drives. Uh, where if someone's coming to Melbourne, yep, um, you've already mentioned one actually. But where should yeah. they drive their nine eleven, or where do you want to drive your nine eleven in Melbourne that you haven't done so yet? Well, I'm happy to do laps around that first drive I took. To be honest <laughs> with you, um, that that's a fantastic drive. Uh, other than that, I dare say somewhere towards Yarra Valley, the windy hills of Yarra Valley, uh, it's got a bit of everything, undulations and open fields. It's, a, it's amongst wine country. It's beautiful out there. Those, those are my two favourites. Uh, I always tend to end up at the coast. So anywhere around the coastline is fantastic, especially around Lawn, Torquay, um, Apollo Bay, those sorts of destinations. But basically, we're, we're kind of we're kind of blessed here because I, I'm in a pocket where I'm half an hour away from from nice windy roads, open fields. That's good. Uh, yeah, it's 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 great. It's great, and you know, for me, the journey's just beginning. And and this is something that I I will probably never ever sell. To be honest with you, uh, I want to be able to enjoy this car for the rest of my life and. Again, it's it's just started for me. So, so how long? Maybe ask me. How <laughs> long? How long before you add to the stable? Oh yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if my wife's listening to this, <laughs> you're gonna get me in trouble, mate. Um, no, look, I if 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 for some for some fluke of nature, I win tax lotto or something comes across like that. I would be adding a singer any day of the week. I'd be on the first plane to America to, to book a car in. Uh, but I've always liked, and if I if the opportunity ever presented itself, however, it's not to say I'm not happy with what I have, then it would have to be an air-cooled yeah. 911, yeah. Uh, specifically specifically late 70s, maybe early 80s, and if possible, Targa uh manual so definitely an, an sc maybe an sc targa yeah 
in Viper, in Viper Green. In Viper Green, hey, has to be Viper Green. With tan interior. <laughs> All right, David, that's great. Uh, like I said, we keep these to under an hour. We're just going to bit over, but that's, that's great. So thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks for uh, sharing your story with everyone. No worries. Look, thank you again for having me. It's been a pleasure and um, hope you have many more episodes to, to come. It's, it's a fantastic podcast, so keep it up. Thanks, David, and thanks, thanks for that. So that was great. That was David uh, from Melbourne in Australia telling us about his 996. Um, he has found a good example, that's for sure. Like I said, I found the images. Um, I'll put some of the images up when this, uh, when, when this, on this podcast on, on Instagram so you'll see them. Just go to my Instagram and you'll see them. Thanks again, David. We'll talk again soon. No worries. Thank you, Michael, and all the best. Thank okay, you. Thank you. Uh, that's it for the Porsche Cool Podcast. Uh, thank you for listening and bye for now. Bye.